Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey there, everyone. What day is it? You know what day it is. It's the best day ever, of course, because summer is finally here. Although um, it literally snowed five days ago in Granby, Colorado. We're talking mid-June. Um, and that's where we are right now. It's where we plan to spend a good chunk of our summer. It's up in the mountains a little ways from Boulder. And it's really funny because ever since I moved to Colorado, people ask me, do you ski? It's like a given that if you live in Colorado, you ski. So for about 20 years, I said no. But then a few years ago, I picked up skate skiing, which you would know if you listen to the pod. Um, it's, it, and, and this is a new sport I picked up in my 40s. It was something different that definitely stretched me. And then I picked up surfing. And then I picked up stand-up paddling. And then mountain biking. All new frontiers. The funny thing is that most people, when they ask this, mean downhill skiing, <laughs> which I don't do yet. But my plan is to pick up that activity this year when snow season finally starts again and maybe even snowboarding. My point is that picking up new activities as we get older is a brilliant way to stay young because there's so much to learn and so much to see and so many emotions to feel in this crazy life. I know you're with me because part of the reason you listen to this podcast is to learn new things, to become inspired, to grow, to feel less alone. If you don't already, you will absolutely adore today's guest for all of these reasons. Kara Goucher is pretty much famous and more than the like in quotes sort of famous in our own circles kind of famous. Kara is running royalty. She's been in the spotlight of a large and passion-driven sport for over a decade. But what happens when you are no longer running for first place? What happens when your body tells you it's time to change tracks? but you still love what you do. How do you make a shift when you live in the public eye and anything you do is analyzed, often celebrated, and often criticized? And you're going to hear about what Kara Goucher did in just a couple minutes, but I want to say this first. I believe that Kara is one of those rare athletes who not only has a physical gift, but has the emotional depth and mental toughness to take her innate talent and use it to make the world a better place. You know, while she was racing to win, it was impossible for her to even understand like the breadth of what she has to offer. But now that she's on the cusp of a new chapter in life, I think she's starting to understand what she can truly do. And the trick for her is to continue including the thing that she's always loved most in her life, running. Because even when the race doesn't go her way, the fact that she is open to new experiences gives other people hope and inspiration that just maybe they can also make it through the natural transitions that life brings us. 
I know you're going to walk away with the same question I asked her at the very end. When can we hang out again? I'm going to have to have this chick on more than once, once a year at least. All right, then let's bring the most awesome Kara Goucher on the show. Welcome back to my studio, Kara. It's awesome in here. We're rolling. Oh, okay. We're just doing it. All right, all right. I but, like it. Well, so we've already had like a whole day together because yeah. you showed up <laughs> and we were like saving a wayward dog. <laughs> well, we were, we thought about it. <laughs> we almost <laughs> saved him. <laughs> you tried hard though. You knocked on a bunch of doors. I mean, I went into the Mackey's house. <laughs> you so, went into someone's home. <laughs> so Dave Mackey's been on the podcast and we I walked in because their door's wide open. So I just figured it was like an invitation. And I was like, hello, Mackies. Because I thought if anyone's going to do good, they'd be able to, you know, save the dog. And then I like heard the shower running. <laughs> I was like, I maybe don't... I shouldn't be in here. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should close their door on the way out. <laughs> so anyway, we didn't save a dog. And then we had a great conversation with Tim. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's always fun to have, a, what would we call you now, a former pro runner are you still a pro runner I mean I guess it depends on what your definition of a pro runner is I mean I still get paid to run but I'm not um I don't win anything anymore you're not going to the big races to win them but you might win your age group (laughs) I might you never know (laughs) we're gonna get into that in a second so it's really fun to have you back like we've been trying to hook up for like over a year I think basically since we talked last I know and and it'd be like hey you want to go for a hike run today because that's what I do you know and we could just never connect. So the only time I get you here is when I can get you on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're going to do it every month. Okay, let's do it. We'll do it. Um, so it's really fun to have you now because you just did something really epic. And you're still like in probably in the processing mode. Your body still is too. So a few months, maybe six months back, you made a big announcement. And what's really funny is when I read your announcement, it said, I'm doing Leadville. I immediately thought you were jumping right into the hundred. <laughs> a lot of people thought that. Right. Yeah. Well, because like that's kind of what crazy people do and you're kind of crazy. All right. Right. I'm not quite that crazy. Though. <laughs> I have a little <laughs> bit of sanity. So... <clears throat> So if we backtrack a little bit, like here you are coming from this incredibly successful track and then marathon running career at the highest level, like crushing one of the most like well-known runners in our sport and winning all the accolades. And and then something happened. Maybe it's the bell curve. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's the natural bell curve, um, which I can relate to. Tim can relate to. A lot of runners and athletes can relate to. And you just started getting injured and like a cycle was occurring, right? Yeah. I mean, I think people don't like it when I say this, but I naturally got older. That happens. People are like, age is nothing but a number. But I mean, actually, there's like biology and things that are changing in your body as you age. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's like fact. Yeah. It's like scientific fact. And I started to to just slow down. And I think why I got into the injury cycle is that I was trying to force workouts and paces that I used to be able to do. And I would, you know, get over an injury, get my mileage up over the 80s into the 90s, and then just start trying to hit these workouts that I hit three or four years ago. And two months later, I would have a stress fracture or my hip would be totally messed up or I'd pull my hamstring. And then I would rest and recover and start all over again. And honestly, turning 40 was like so great because I finally just accepted like 40. I I do. I mean, to a certain extent, I do believe age is just a number. But at the same time, I'm like 40 is like 40. Like 40 is like 
a significant age and I'm not 22 anymore. I'm not 23. I'm not 32. I'm not 35. I'm 40. And in fact, I'll be 41 in a few weeks. And as much as I was like nervous about turning 40 in a weird way, it kind of like, I was like, okay, well now I'm like considered a master. I'm not supposed to be competing with these other people. And then I just kind of chilled out and did what my body would let me do. And I had a full marathon cycle leading up to the Houston Marathon without right. an injury. And I had this unfortunate situation there where I think it was just really cold and an old uh, hamstring injury flared up. But by accepting where I was, I actually stayed healthy. Oh, acceptance. Damn you. Acceptance. <laughs> Why do you think people get mad? Like, I know they're not mad, but they... Do you think it's because they just want you to be a superhero or something? It's like unrealistic expectations because no one in history has gotten faster their entire lives till they die. Like there is a bell curve and a peak. I think like a lot of people just genuinely, they believe that I can just do it. And I love that. They want to believe. Yeah. (laughs) But I just had to get to a place where I was like, okay, I can either keep hitting my head against the wall and not really enjoying my running anymore or I can accept where I am and really enjoy it again like I love training I love the preparation I like having something on the calendar and I like having to go through this cycle of building up and then tapering down and I wasn't able to do that for three years because I just kept getting hurt and so is it better to just like try to prove that I'm still a 228 marathoner or to like, I've run two marathons this year. I mean, I had to drop out of one, so I didn't. But I've been prepared for two marathons this year. I mean, that would not have happened the last three years. No. It, so what happened is you broke the cycle. Yeah. And like, was it this all of a sudden sort of light bulb moment where you're like, la la, now I can accept it and be free? Or did it take a little while? It like, was what, a process. Yeah. You know, it was like letting go of like, it's hard because even Leadville, I'm like, I'm going to try this thing. I know it's going to be hard. And there was just like so much attention, you know? <laughs> oh, God, and, I can't wait to get into this. <laughs> and that's, on the one hand, that's great because that's what, that's why people sponsor me. And that's, and I love that people follow what I'm doing. But on, it's also a double edged sword because I'm like, God, I just want to do this thing and, and be invisible. You know what I mean? Yeah. And make my mistakes and, and not have everyone be watching. So it's, it's, I think letting go of other people's expectations or or my perce- my perception of other people's expectations took a while because I feel like I have to live up to what they want. They believe in me. I need to come through. Um, and I had to kind of get to a place where I was like, you know what? They don't. They actually don't care. They're cheering for you because they like you. They're not cheering for you because you're fast or you used to be fast. You know. And that. But admittedly, that took me a while to get there. You know, one thing I remember about, let's just say after the race, right? And you might be disappointed or you might be, you know, whatever you're feeling. And people would ask you how to go. And and there's a period of time where you go into all the detail of your whole race mm-hmm. to somebody who asks you. And then at some point their eyes glaze over and you realize like <laughs> they really didn't want to know that. No, they don't want to know. All they want to know is I'm happy. Right. And that's really all it is. Yeah. And there's no expectation. They just, they hope for some happiness Mm -hmm. because it helps inspire them. Right. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing I've really learned in this, in this experience of running the Leadville Trail Marathon is like, most people don't dream of making an Olympic team. 
And so they just want to finish this grueling experience. And they don't really, I mean, honestly, they didn't care. Like no one was like, oh, you totally botched that. You know, everyone was like, (laughs) you're one of us now, you know, and it was just so. The cult. Yeah, but it was so amazing because I'm used to like having to explain what happened. I'm sorry I didn't win. Here's what happened. Here's where I made a mistake. And no one cared. Everyone was like, welcome to the dirty side, Kara. You know? Yeah, that I'm sorry culture. I freaking hate that. I hate that I too. It's like you always have to say like, well, this is where it went wrong and this is what I should have done differently and I'll do it right next time. I mean, I feel like at that really elite level, the pressure is so high that if you don't pull it off, which by the way, is so rare that you actually do pull it off, um, you you constantly feel like you have to explain what you did wrong. and. Yeah. And I don't know. I, it's it's exhausting. Well, you're done with that. <laughs> I'm done with it. Yeah. So let before we dig into you know go through the play by play because we're actually going to get a real race recap here. Yeah. Um, when you decided or or that process happened and you started to see the light and you were like, I don't have to be that person achieving those things anymore. Did a part of you say maybe I won't do sport for a while? Or I know there's also this side thing about like, hey, well, I'm still like I have contracts and I have mm-hmm. companies I represent and all that stuff. But like, was there any part of you that was like, maybe I'll just take a break? You know, the hard the hard part for me is that I do really love running and I like training a lot. And for me, the harder part was, do I how do I justify to myself time away from my family, um, going out for a three hour run when I know I'm not going to win. And when I know it's not going to land me on a team and when I know it's not going to get me a PR. And that was harder for me than like, I knew that I I still wanted to like, I told my husband, my dream situation is I do a race right before Christmas and I do a race right at the start of summer. And so the bulk of my training is when Colt's in school, but I get to be hang out all summer. I get to hang out over Christmas. And that's kind of like what I'm hoping to set myself up to do. I, I like the ritual of preparing but for me it was like wrapping my head around is it worth going through those rituals when I know it's not going to be a gold medal there's no hope of a gold medal at the end of it well how did you come to feel like it was worth it then I mean it was just I just wanted to do it and it was just sort of like this is who I am I love preparing for something and it was just again it was acceptance for myself like just because it's not gonna land me on the cover of runner's world doesn't mean it's not worth pursuing and doesn't mean it's not worth doing and the majority of us we do it for ourselves you know we don't do it to prove something or for our country or whatever it might be, we do it because we want to, right? We want to find out what we're made of or it, we get joy from it. And I think once you've been at a high level, it's hard to, it's, it's, it is hard to make that transition away. But I just was like, I don't want to give up running because I'm not good anymore. Right. And, and it's, it's all it's, relative because people well, right, are right, listening right. and they're like, you're still right. good. Why are you talking and I'm about? not trying to be offensive no, at all. But it, like, totally. I don't want to give up running because I have no shot of winning an Olympic medal yep, anymore. Got it. I, I love running is so ingrained in who I am. And I, of course, I loved being fast and I love competing, but I love running before I knew how good I was. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Totally. So basically, you just opened up and decided you would let your heart lead. Yeah, I mean, it was a process. And and like I said, turning 40 was a big part of that, of that letting go and just saying like, hey, you know what? 
F it. Like, I just want to do this because I want to do it. And whatever the result is, it doesn't matter. So in a way, you kind of change sports. That is a pretty good tactic, too. (laughs) I know it's it's still running, but it's a whole different culture. And you've alluded to it a little bit, like, welcome to the dirty side. We don't care how you finish. We just care that you're out here, you know, that kind of thing. Um, in triathlon, there was always this ex-terra kind mm-hmm. of subculture. And we were like, those guys are weird. <laughs> camp out, do, you know, they're kind of tough and dirty and whatever. Um, but that's the where the fun happens. Right. And I finally realized that at the end of my racing career as well. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the fun zone. Thank you. But the fun zone can be the way more painful zone. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> funny because I'm like so, so glad I had this experience but it was the worst experience of my life. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we need to talk about what <laughs> Which happened. Which I don't want to discourage anyone from doing it cuz it seriously like I'm so glad that I did it, but it was horrible. So explain like <laughs> so let's just talk it through. Okay. Okay, so you, where do you want to start? Like the days leading up or you want to just go to race the starting line? Yeah, I mean, basically, like, I took advice from my coaches and took advice from other trail runners. And I had a training partner, Marcus Hilly, who also ran it. And we just kind of made up our own workouts and then bounced them off Mark and Heather. And, like, he bounced them off Timothy Olson because they're good friends. And I just looked at the history of the race. And I was like, okay, the lead women are typically running between, like, 940 and 1045 pace. So... That's my goal, like somewhere but in that range, you know? I just like want to laugh a lot right now because it's so awesome to be a beginner. Yeah. And like go and and trying your best, but like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I was so unprepared. But, um, and so then they revised the course and everyone's like, oh, it's going to be so fast. So then I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll try to average between nine minute pace and 10 minute pace. And that's like, you know, 30 seconds or so faster overall and like, So anyway, I had this idea. And so like literally my only race strategy that I got from Mark Wetmore, from my husband, from Marcus, that I was saying to myself at the start was, do not run faster than 1030 pace for the first six miles because the first six miles was all uphill. So my first mile was 750. (laughs) (laughs) And Marcus, I could tell Marcus was like already irritated. Like he was like, what are we doing? In one mile. (laughs) And I was like, we're fine, we're fine. Everyone else is doing it, you know? And he was like, they're all going to die, you know? And then after the second mile, he was like, this is crazy. Like, I'm hanging back. So he, like, just totally was like, you're being an idiot. And, like, we and just separated just... at the second mile. So we planned on running most of this together. I mean, were you like, <laughs> see ya? Oh, totally. Like... Because you know what? As much as I tried it to be like, I'm a newbie. I don't know what I'm doing. When that when that shotgun, by the way, it was a shotgun, not a little starter pistol. Oh, my God. <laughs> when that shotgun went off, I was like, it's on, you know? And I was like, I just have to keep the lead yeah. women, like, in my, in my, like, vision because I can run them down after 18 miles I'll run them down I mean like no way they were so much better than I was and then so I get through 10k and I'm I'm hoping to see something between 62 and 65 minutes and I'm at 51 shut up I mean that's like 25 percent faster I mean, it is, is so dumb. It's not smart. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> you were in the moment. So I get it. Yeah. I mean, and then and, I was like, and you didn't know what you could do. I mean, maybe you'd be a phenom right out of the gate. Yeah, you just maybe. don't know. I mean, I, I I knew like this is hard, you know, and then like I was running with the woman that ended up getting second. 
she caught me on the downhills and I looked down at my watch and we're running six minute pace and I'm like, okay. I mean, I was planning on going like 1030s up and like seven to eights down. But I'm like, she's doing it, you know, like totally. we'll work together. We'll catch the leader. Um, yeah. And then it just all blew up in my face. So <laughs> you could be like a really good trail 10 er yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so too. Maybe that's my distance. Did you win the 10K? I didn't. Um, oh. Tara was way ahead already. <laughs> well, you were but second. I got second. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, like, when you say it all blew up, mm-hmm. I mean, how does, what do you mean? So, I've I've run races. Like, I, I hit the wall in the 2014 New York City Marathon, and that's probably the most, like, pain I've ever been in. I've The first time I ever ran a half marathon, I was in a lot of pain as well. So, I'd say, but I would say New York was, like, the most pain I've ever been in. Okay, but wait, what does a wall feel like for you? It's just like, it every, for me, it's just like you're going, 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 and then all of a sudden, it's like you you are like dizzy, like, and you're just, it's like slow motion, and you're just kind of like pushing through, and you're like, Whoa. Like your head's detached from Yeah, your and you're just like so clueless. Like I remember yeah. at New York, I was looking for my coach to have him give me permission to drop out. And after the race, I go, and I, I didn't even see you. You weren't even there. And he goes, you stared right at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, you weren't there. And Mark was like, I was there. I saw you with three miles to go. And I told you you were fine. Walk if you have to, but you're going to get to the finish. And like, I didn't even see him, you know. <laughs> so before Saturday, before Leadville, that was like the most pain I've ever felt. But like, I, all of a sudden, I just felt like I've crested the edge and like everything was hurting. And I, I I, actually had the thought, this is the most pain I've ever been in my life, like more than childbirth, more than New York 2014. And I looked at my Garmin and it said 11.6 miles. You had fif- almost 15 miles. I mean, at that point I was like, I'm gonna drop out. Oh my God. Like, and I, did it hit you on a dime or was it, it like a it half mile? So, no, it, all of a sudden I was just like, oh my God. I mean, I'm, like I'm my hands are tingling. Like lactic acid build up, like, like everything. My my butt was screaming. My <laughs> And I was just like. And you trained. I trained. I mean, I trained like 85 miles a week and I trained hard. Like I did mile repeats up Sanitas Valley, like six, six by a mile up, six by a mile down. Like I trained hard. So what was different like did you just really go out that much harder than you'd ever prepared? yeah oh <laughs> and i was up i was up higher and i don't think true it's yep. not that i didn't respect it it's just i didn't understand it i didn't understand like when you go out too hard up there it's not like going out too hard at sea level where you can take a few miles and like get it back together like yeah. you just dug this massive hole that you, you know, aren't going to get out of i i have to share a funny relatable anecdote so after I started my company I was like well I don't have time for Ironman so I'll just run marathons because that was like leveling down right and so I didn't really respect the training I'm not saying you know you kind of mentioned that word it made me because I I did training but I would like train and like sit at my computer go train Mm -hmm. and sit right back at my computer and so I wasn't like giving it what it deserved yeah and at New York in 2005 Um, my first real marathon after my triathlon career was over, I took off and at the halfway point, I was at my fastest half marathon. (laughs) 
I think. I mean, I think I was at like a 129 or something. For me, yeah. that was really fast. Yeah. And um, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. Until about two miles later, and I hit the wall, and I my second half was 30 minutes slower than the first half. And this is a road marathon where you think you could kind of just keep shuffling it in and at least maintain right. something. 30 minute negative no, I get split. It. <laughs> and it wasn't like I was going uphill and then downhill or, you know, reverse. Yeah. So, and I cried literal tears streaming down my face, like running into the chute. Like people were probably looking at me like, should we pull up a stretcher? <laughs> What's going on with her? So I totally understand that feeling yeah. of being that oh shit moment. And then what am I going to do? Yeah. Am I going to keep going or not? Am I lucid enough to keep going or not? And then the realization that like, I kind of fucked up my race. Oh, at that point, I knew it was over. I knew any any hope of landing on the podium was done. And I, I spent a few miles like running, thinking like, I, I don't know, like maybe like I should just can this. Like I'm in so much pain and like this is crazy. I could I could try something in a month or two. Like um, this is crazy. And then we went on this little... We went off the road onto this little trail, single track trail, and it was so rocky and steep. And I started vomiting and I started seeing like spots. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to like walk through here. I mean, it was like downhill. Everyone's like, that part was awesome. And I was like, no, it wasn't. Um, (laughs) I was like, as soon as I get to the road, I'm going to drop out. Well, because everything was negative at that point. Oh, I mean, I have never been so low. I was like, I'll probably never run again. I mean, I'm dead serious. Like, like, I can laugh now, but I was like, I'm never going to run again. Like, this just ruined running. I'm like, for sure, never going to race again. ruined running? Yeah, like, this is the worst decision I ever could have made. Like, I just ruined everything that I love. And I was like, as soon as I get out to that road, I'm I'm out, you know, like I'm I'm dropping out. And um, so I get down to the road, and I'm just kind of like looking around for Adam. Like I need Adam, and I'm going to tell him I'm done, and they'll go get a car and or golf cart or something, and they'll like come <laughs> take me out Mule, of here. It yeah. doesn't matter. Just someone get me out of here, you know. <laughs> and then I see Todd Straka, and love that guy. I'm like I'm done, and he's like you're not done. And I'm I'm just walking. I've never walked in my life in a race, right? I'm just walking. And it was it like a flat section? No, it was uphill. Okay. And I'm and he's like, just keep walking up, you know, and I'm like, No, I'm done. I'm done. Like I need Adam. I'm done. I like, and he's like, it's okay. Walking's allowed. Like, and he just like, wouldn't let me stop. Was he racing? No, he was just like <laughs> spectating and taking photos. And he just Todd, like your would not let me. I just wanted to sit down and be done. I mean, I was I had lost control of my body. I was like throwing up and peeing myself. Like it was disgusting. <laughs> that sounds like a triathlon. <laughs> I am used to that. Shit. Okay, well I'm not. <laughs> um, and he just like wouldn't let me stop. And he was like, "You can do this," you know. And then at one point. Uh, third place caught me and he's like see when you flip around you can use her on the way back down I was like I don't care about that anymore (laughs) (laughs) and he's like like, okay okay (laughs) and I mean I really can't thank him enough like I saw him that night and I started crying because that's where I was I was I was done yeah like I was like where's my husband get me out of here and he just like wouldn't let me stop okay so then I get to the like turnaround point just before 19 miles well now I know it's mostly downhill and at this point I'm like all right, I'm going to get there. And like, this was the part where people were unreal. 
all these guys catching me, you'd think they'd just like blow by, right? Because they're like, she blew by me earlier. Yeah, she so. went by me Here and she like, goes. was like, Ugh. you know? Yeah. And they would like slow down and run with me for a quarter mile, run with me for a half mile. One guy ran with me for a whole mile. And then we got to an uphill section again. And I started walking and he was like, you can do it. And I was like, no, I can't. I'll see you at the finish. <laughs> And but like Do you people look back? were so nice. I'm like I was so was rude. I? <laughs> I was so rude. And you know what's so funny is that those comments are what got me to the oh finish line. God. But in the moment, I was just like, yeah. It's like when I first finished, I was like, I've never been in such a dark place. Like I, I don't even know how to describe it. Just like I was so negative when you cross the line. Even just no. I when I was just trying to describe right. it. Like when yeah. I crossed the line, I was like. I was. I told my agent. I go. I don't think I'm ever going to race again. She goes. Like that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> She's like, Whatever you got to say right now. Yeah. I was like. I think that's it. I. Th- I think I'm done. And uh, she was like. Okay. You know. And then they're all like. Do you want to go shower? Because I was like. <laughs> they're like. You I smell chunks <laughs> and urine. But yeah. So it was just so horrible. It was horrible. But people were so nice. Like there were so many out and backs because of the course reroute. And people were like, I love you. You're doing great. And people were like, embrace it, Kara. Like you can do it. And it was nonstop, honestly. So you finished hate you. You did most of it hating it. I did all of it hating it. Maybe the first (laughs) few miles where I thought I had a shot to pull off something big. But yeah, (laughs) you finished hating it. And yet we're sitting here and there's like a little more of a lightness about you. And so it makes me think like, why do we have to go so hard and put ourselves (laughs) in dark places to come out the other side? I don't know. I mean, if you, if I, I've never felt anything like that. So it would be hard for someone to to describe that to me and for me to actually understand. Yeah. Um, If someone had said, it's going to feel the way you felt in New York the last three miles, I would have been like, oh, no, thanks. And it was way worse than that. And it was way longer, you know? But like some, but I have this really weird sense of pride that I did it. You should. And I couldn't have done it without other people. No way. But my body still did it, you know? Okay. <laughs> so there's a few things. Like from the darkness comes these like lessons, right? Mm-hmm. And people would often say, you're going to learn the most from the tough ones when you got to walk the whole marathon or whatever. So what did you learn? Um, I learned those people are right. Um, I learned that, I mean, I learned a lot about just like basic trail running and pacing and racing at altitude, um, which you would think I would know because I've been (laughs) racing for a really long time. Um, But I also learned like, wow, when, I mean, I wanted to quit. So I, I'm not like so like I am so tough because without other people, I would have quit. But I'm like, wow, I mean, that's like the lowest I've been. Like if you would have just put a little blanket on the side, I would have just laid down. You know what I mean? Like if that had been an, like it just wasn't an option. No one was giving it to me as an option. Even when I was asking for it, they wouldn't let you. nobody would let me. And <laughs> I was like, I hate all of you. <laughs> But now I'm like, I love all of you because yeah. I feel so proud that I finished. And it's it's super interesting. Like, I'm super proud of the career that I've had. But like, I don't know that I've ever been able to say I'm proud of myself like I have after this race. 
So there's something about an ego shift too. I mean, you've mm-hmm. never had like a massive ego, but yeah, to but you be- have. I do have an ego, or I wouldn't have gone out at 7:50 pace. That you could, know what I mean? <laughs> but it's also, um, I think the other thing is that that's like an innate competitive drive. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, there's a little ego in there too, because you're like, I could be this good. Maybe I could pull this yeah. off. I get it totally. Yeah. Um, but at the end, I mean, it was all humility. Oh, it, I mean, I would, my socks were soaked in urine. I had vomit on my chest. <laughs> Everyone was like, we're so proud of you. Do you want to go shower? You know, and I was like, no, I just want to Coke. And they're like, no, you want to go shower. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> and then I like afterwards, my clothes were in this bag and I opened it up and I was like, oh, my God. Did you just God. throw it away? <laughs> no, I actually washed it and it all awesome. came out. Yeah. And your shoes, too. Oh, it's yeah, so yeah, gross. I know. Um, so you talk about this support in the community and you know how we don't do any of this shit alone right no but way. yet we are in solo sports you're not in a team sport here no right? I mean like I was on, I was the only one in my head right and I was the only one feeling that pain and I was the only one having to like like in the dark place that I was in but honestly I'm not joking I wouldn't have finished without those other people I mean, I was done. When we popped out of the woods, I was like, and I didn't fall coming down there. And now I just want someone to take me out of here. And I want to drive back to Boulder. And I want to forget I ever decided to do this. So you're gaining support from people in the moment. Mm -hmm. You may or may not have gained strength from like your family or other people supporting you. I do know you mentioned writing brave like Gabe on your arm mm-hmm. so there's like this sort of spiritual strength you're and I, I did think of her a lot I just thought like like especially before I totally lost my shit <laughs> like at that 11 mile mark I just thought get over it you know like you're out here living and you're climbing mm-hmm. a fucking mountain you know and like yeah I thought about her a lot but yeah you know, maybe we maybe we should talk about her a little bit because I didn't know her. I only knew her story. Mm-hmm. And I've seen your posts and other beautiful, wonderful posts and her husband. Mm-hmm. And like my heart breaks, you know, because she battled this for a really long time. It's like you knew it was coming, right? Right. Well, I mean, I, I don't, I never hung out with Gabe ever. We had a relationship of just emailing and, and, and messaging each other. Um, but she was always just like so supportive like we were supportive of each other in 2013 we both didn't make the team to moscow and we were both pretty devastated and then the relationship just built from there she was super supportive of my speaking out against um organ project um in a time where not everybody was right and that's by the way has to do with clean sport yeah Yeah. and so i feel like now people are talking about it more but at the time it was very dividing Mm -hmm. um and i just I mean, I've known who she is for a long time because, you know, like we're, we're, wherever you're from, you like follow the people where you're from. And so there's just, I think, like a mutual respect or admiration. And I don't know. She's just had a really big impact on my life. And I think I, I think I always, you know, I follow her. We message each other. I just like was like, she, she'll beat it. Just because it just seemed like that would be crazy unfair. Mm-hmm. And it is, <laughs> you know, and then when Justin posted a couple weeks ago about her almost dying, I was like, wait, what? I was just like, no, no, no. I haven't supported her enough. Like I haven't. 
yeah, I just I haven't let her know how much she means to me. I haven't raised enough money. Like, no, 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 no. Like, this can't be happening. And I think it just is like she is so inspiring, like the way she lived her life. And it's like just getting like one of the things I love that she said was she was like, you know, I want to be nervous about racing again. Like, remember when racing was like the scariest thing? Like now I'm fighting for my life, you know, and I'm like, that just puts so much in perspective. Totally. And her willingness to just like the last two years of her life, she was exhausted. But she was still getting out there and showing up and inspiring people and meeting people and going to events. And I I just feel so sad because she really has left the world a better place and she doesn't get to see that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and that just makes me so sad. I know. That like she... <laughs> Glad you have these tissues. Um, <laughs> that she really truly changed the world. And she doesn't get to see it, you know? Well, and I think about people like that, too. And how can we honor her the best now? You know? How can we take that light? Because she had a lot of light. You know, I didn't know her either, but... But you did because she let you in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do we do we let people in? Do we just shine the light the best we can? Like, how do we honor her? I mean, I think... For her, it's about just like facing your fears and showing up and just not giving in. I mean, that's like the message that she left me with. And so for me, it's like doing scary things and being vulnerable and maybe sharing when I would rather not. And but I think it looks different for everybody. I mean, she has touched so many people and what they take from it. I think like the one major takeaway from everyone is that life is short. (laughs) And it's not to be wasted, you know, and it's just be taking advantage of the fact that you have life. Yeah. And that's what you, that's what you're doing. That's what you did. Imagine, imagine if you dropped out at mile, what was it, 14 or whenever. Yeah, came no, I mean, I'm, I would be so, di- like, we wouldn't be talking. I would have no. canceled this interview. I'd be like in this dark place. And instead I'm like, okay, that was awful, but like, I feel alive because of it. You're letting people in and it's fun. Yeah. In a weird way, like it turned from horrible to fun. Yeah. And it wasn't just you. And I think that was the point of like talking about Gabe and Todd and all the people on the course is like, none of us do this alone. No. We think we do when we set goals and you you need a goal. Like you, right. you you need to have something on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Maybe it won't always be a running event. Yeah. I mean, be great if it could, but maybe you'll maybe you're going to come surf with me. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying to me. Done. Cuz that's what you need to be doing, <laughs> terrifying things. You know, um just to kind of seal up Leadville too. <clears throat> so, here's an interesting thing. We were chatting with Tim a little bit about this. So, you won your age group. Yes, I did. It's pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I have to wrap my head around the age group thing. Yeah. Because for me, if you don't land on the podium, you didn't succeed, right? And And the podium being? Top three. Right. And I was fifth, and so I didn't land on the podium. And, you know, I was, like, sick after the race. I was throwing up, and um, they were like, you know, you don't have to come to the award ceremony. It's totally fine. And... I took a second shower and ate some food and I was like, let's go. I want to go. I want to see what this is all about. And I'm so glad that I went because the energy in that room was like you could hold it in your hand. People 
were like they everybody went up by age groups and they were you know accepting their coin into the hundred or, or passing it on to the next person and i mean every time someone accepted a coin the whole gym would go insane i mean it was like an eruption and i'm like well maybe i should take the coin <laughs> i want some of that <laughs> Just for the eruption. <laughs> yeah, and Adam's just like, you don't want the coin. <laughs> and like, no, no, you're right. And Colt's like, mommy, don't take the coin. Don't take the coin. <laughs> and then, but it was just like, the, it was like magic in there. They were like, we don't know what she's going to do. Yeah. Even your yeah, I was like, no, thank people. you. <laughs> but yeah, like, I was just like, this is what wow. it's about. Like, people, like, those those people, I, they're not going to win. But they don't care. They just are like, I want to be a, I want to see if I can do this and I want my token in, you know? And so it was just like, it was so awesome and so cool. So I was so glad that I went, but it, it is different for me not to put down age groups because age groups are awesome, but I, I have to, I, it's weird for me to shift from thinking of like, well, I didn't land on the podium, so I didn't really achieve anything, you know? I totally get it. <laughs> it's I get it. It's different. I yeah. get it. And, and sometimes like you there may be people who criticize like well Kara took my medal and she shouldn't have been an age grouper because she's really a pro or whatever but the truth is like what are you supposed to do if you want to keep running you're gonna be a pretty good runner your whole life (laughs) like you're probably gonna get some more medals they might not be an overall medal but there's no like graveyard for old washed up <laughs> you know pro racers who still want to run yeah you know? I think you're doing I, what you love it's interesting because I can't think of a lot of people that have kept racing once you crest that and right. I I used to think that's how I'd be I'd be like well when I can't make an Olympic team anymore or I can't podium at a major like I'm gonna go do something else but I'm like no I still really this is what I love uh, I like I think of Joni. Joni's been a great example of someone who like goes and just like runs for herself. But there aren't that many examples mm-hmm. that I can think of in marathoning or track racing of people that still just keep showing up and are fine getting beat, you know? Yeah. So it's it is different. Well, let's talk about some of the new cool like this new world is opening up to you, right? So uh, in order to prepare, you know, if you guys follow Kara, which every single person listening, I'm sure, follows you, um, you saw that Kara trained a little bit with Kat Bradley, who mm-hmm. was actually on the pod like two years ago or more, right after she won um, Western States. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and she's amazing and she's a character and mm-hmm. she's quirky as all of us crazy athletes are. So how did that go? <laughs> It was terrifying. I mean, like, I love Kat. And we actually met at a Wazelle camp last year. And we were partners on this really intimate um, body image, um, like, class. And we both wanted to leave because we were both getting really uncomfortable. And, like, I barely Whoa. knew her. I knew who she was. I see her at the gym. I know she's an amazing athlete. But I, I have never hung out with her or anything. And we're doing these really intimate things like putting post-it notes on your body about what you hate about your body or whatever. And I was like, I kind of want to leave. And she's like, I kind of do too. And I was like, I'll stay if you stay and be my buddy. And she's like, ditto. So like we went through this kind of like intimate experience together. Oh my gosh, that sounds so crazy. <laughs> so yeah, it was. It was like, I I mean, yeah, it was actually kind of overwhelming. But um, so then, you know, she trains with Aaron Carson. So do I. And so we see each other. And so then she just like texted me and she's like, Let's go running. Like, I know you're, you know, I heard you're running Leadville. Like, let's go. So the first time we went, we ran, she was running up and down lines there like four times. 
Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. That's a big loop. So I went up and down with her once from my house and it was like 10 miles and she was like just you know, like, oh, yeah, whatever. No, I running backwards. Yeah. Like, hey, Kara. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. So that was the first time. And I was like, God, she's good. You know, like coming down, she, I just couldn't even see her. She just is fearless. And that is like definitely a weakness for me. Like I come down and like my knee isn't that steady and I don't want to fall. And I'm worried about knocking my teeth out and stuff. And she's just not, you know. So then she texted me to run like, a month over a month later and she's like oh I'm going for this like easy run in the mountains tomorrow like do you want to go and I was like I know her well enough to know like there's no such thing as you can't trust that (laughs) (laughs) but I was like you know what this is good for me because she's going to take me on trails I would never go on so sure enough we met at Evan G and we ran up and over Flagstaff we ran up and over Green Mountain actually summited it and then I don't even know where we were um but it was like a it was a three hour run, and it was te- terrifying. I mean, she she doesn't walk on the way up; she flies on the way down. And I mean, she's cool that she like will wait for me, you know. Like she doesn't make me feel bad, but I'm like trying to stretch myself so that she doesn't have to wait like quite as long. But yeah, those run that run really stretched me. Like I I was dead. I went home and I was like, I'm dead. Like, I've just been tense for three hours. Oh, my God, Trying to keep up with this crazy athlete, but so tense. I'm so tense. Like, she's just floating along, and I'm like... And did you, like, (laughs) hydrate and fuel properly? No, she was like, it's not that long. Like, I don't think we... I had my vest, and she's like, you don't need that, you know, and, like, two hours, and I was dying. Did you leave it, the vest? I left it in my car. Oh, my God. And, like, I had salt all (laughs) down my neck, and she was, like, totally fine. So then we ran, like, through... Uh, Chautauqua so I could get water and I mean I was like a dog like putting my mouth on (laughs) suck you're like germs I don't care I was like I don't even care what's yeah entering my body right now I just need liquid but yeah she's just like another animal and like running with her was actually good for me because it made me realize they are totally different sports like she I don't I don't know another road marathoner that could run with her is it kind of like once you go trail, you don't go back? I don't think so. I, I, I think about running a half still. I don't know if I would run a marathon. I mean, I, I would. I don't know. I'll, I'll never say never. You mean on the road? Yeah. I, I yeah. think about running like a, a half now I think would be fun now that I'm a little bit stronger and it doesn't require quite as much mileage. But right now, I really just want to do more trail stuff. And do you think you broke your injury cycle for good? I mean, I'm going to knock on wood well, here. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I think the one thing that I've had to really do is accept where I'm at. And I've been able to do that now for almost a year. And so if I, I feel like if I can stay in this place of just accepting where I'm at and like, you know, like Kat was telling me about her training. I was like, well, maybe I should try to do that. I mean, like, there's no way I could do some of the stuff she did. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, again, acceptance, like that's what she can handle. I can't handle that, you know? Well, and But the cool thing about trail running that's so different too is all these little tiny muscles and connectors oh, and totally. all of that are strong. Yeah. And maybe they weren't for a long time. So you've reactivated or activated for the first time. I am convinced that I've developed calf muscles. Oh, my gosh. I used to run for Jerry Schumacher, and he would always be like, (laughs) my goal is for you to have sore calves tomorrow. And they were never sore. I'd run like quarters. I'd run 200s. Never. Shalane's would just be like torn up. I'd be like, no, I'm fine. I have like no calves. 
And I'm convinced that I have some calf muscle now. Oh, we'll have to take a video. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's just like, it's. I think that's one good thing is I have a very distinct shuffle running form. And it it it's just the same muscles firing over and over and yeah. over again. And I ran with a friend, um, Ivy Coger. You know him, actually. Oh, yeah. And he was like, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's like seeing a Tour de France rider like jump in cycle cross. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this super efficient so athlete, funny. like just like scared of every little rock. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that describes me actually perfectly well, right? <laughs> totally. And it's, it's just so, awesome. so different. So I do think my body's actually gotten stronger, though, because it's had to like, I mean, I've rolled my ankle so many times. I've like tripped. I've fallen a bunch of times. And it's like, I feel like my hips have gotten stronger, my quads have gotten stronger because they they have to. Yeah, they yeah. have to. So I opened up um, my feed one day and I saw this headline: Kara Goucher within feet of a mountain lion on her training <laughs> run. Did that really happen? It did. And I can't, I cannot believe how much press that got because That's honestly, so the whole thing was like three seconds long. Where were what trail? I wasn't even on the trail. That's the part that actually was scary about it. So oh. I, you know that there's that little neighborhood, Green Rock Drive, right before Sinitas. Yep. And I often run down there. Yep. You can run a quarter mile and back on my way to and from. It adds on a mile round trip. Mm-hmm. So I was ran down there, turned around to run back. I was about to head up to Sinitas, and there was a big construction truck. I was running along the length of it, and it, as right as I was about to crest it, this mountain lion comes running up, sprinting from the woods behind that those houses to to cross in front of it and we spooked each other and it, it was like slow motion i was like that doesn't look like a dog and then i'm like those are those are paws and then i'm like oh my god it's it's turning towards me and then but it all, all happened so fast and it just turned around towards me but it was actually turning all the way around and it darted back down into the woods oh god and i turned around and sprinted the other way <laughs> Exactly, which is the worst thing to do because they attack you. They attack you at your neck. I know. (laughs) You would have had to strangle it like that guy in Fort Collins. No shot. I mean, I'm just like a big full grown. I mean, I don't know, but it was big. You know what I mean? Like someone was like, "Well, was it a juvenile or was it?" And I'm like, (sighs) "I don't know. It was big, huge." Well, then they were calling like in the press, like he strangled the kitten. We're like, "It was a a mountain lion." It shredded him, and he had to fight it. It wasn't like he fought it for like a minute. He was going to die. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Whoa. Okay. So, so you've had some fun getting into this new world. I feel like what I'm watching is a transition in action. It's like your life is changing and yeah. it's, it's opening. Like yeah. everything is opening up for you right now. I just feel like there's so much more to explore and to experience. And I, for, for 20 years, I was so focused on this one goal, which is the Olympics that I couldn't, I couldn't even like fathom that there was like more to life than that, you know? And I definitely went through a grieving period. Like 2016 was really hard. Like I didn't make that last Olympic team. I knew that was my last shot. It was devastating. I think we've talked about that. It was like super, super devastating, super, super hard. But I'm still the same person that loves to run. I still love being outside. And I didn't get, even though I loved competing at that level, that's not what got me into running. Like running with my grandpa is what got me into running, you know? And so like that's still there. Yeah. Like my son is like, I don't want you to race anymore. And I was like, it doesn't affect your life. I train when you're at school. Like, don't worry about it. It's not like before where I was racing 10 times a year or I had to go to training camp, you know? It's all, 
in-house here, just getting it done from here. It's funny, we were at the same track meet for our kids, but I didn't see you, but I saw Colt running. Yeah, <laughs> did you see him? go out so hard oh my gosh are <laughs> wilder too i mean they are so hilarious yeah and i really love that you guys don't push him into the sport that you both did at the highest level and i mean there's nothing wrong if people want their kids to oh for sure you know find joy in the sport they loved and probably he will want to explore it someday because he will realize one day like huh i have some genes here that just might be good for this but um but what I notice about him is that he seems to have a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know, like he he ran that race so hard. I mean, he was out, he was so far ahead at the quarter. He was like 86 through the quarter and then he just suffered. But I was so proud of him because he, he kept finished. going. He never walked, he kept going. And he ran a huge PR. He had run a mile a year ago and he had run like 840 or something and he ran 721 and like, he kept saying, well, I got, I got second. Well, he got like eighth or ninth or 10th or something, you know, but <laughs> I was like, it doesn't matter. Like you ran so amazing. So like he, the thing with Colt is he constantly gets from other people or are you going to be a runner? So he's like, no, mm-hmm. but if you're super chill, then he wants to do it. So we went to a track meet last night because it was like Olympic day for the Boulder Roadrunners, um, all comers track meets. And I was like, you know, they have a 400 right when we got there. Do you want to enter? And he's like, no. Well, then he ended up running like two or three laps around the track. And he was like, well, is there some race I can do? So we ended up at that point, it was too late to run the 400. But he ended up running the 200. And he was like, that was so fun. I got to sprint the whole time. And I go, oh, it's way more fun to be fast. You know, (laughs) like that's way more fun than running a mile or something. So I think for him, it's like, like Todd was like, uh, does he want a bib? And I go, no, 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 no. He's the chill. You got to keep it chill. Keep it chill. Keep it light. Act like you don't care. And then he has fun. But it's when you start saying like, oh, how fast can you do it or whatever? Then he's just like, nah, I'm out. I don't want to do that. You know, I, we're finding the same thing with Wilder. So actually, Tim, we have a really cool thing going on this year. Well, let me back up. Wilder really is starting to understand that there was some kind of uh, you know, accomplishment in this mm-hmm. household, <laughs> you know, back in the day, way yeah. before she was born. And um, Tim is this year going to be inducted into the Hawaii Ironman Hall of oh, Fame. Oh, that is so cool. So we're going, we're taking her. And we're glad that she's a little older, so she may actually be able to sort of yeah, appreciate it. it. Yeah. But um, so we purposely like haven't put her in, you know, running, swimming and cycling, but we've encouraged her to learn all those things Mm -hmm. but this summer we put her in summer league swim team and it has been a shit show it is so (laughs) funny first of all like she can do one stroke backstroke so she they're like okay we're gonna go to the other side freestyle and she'll push off and then turn over and swim backstroke (laughs) like (laughs) i thought that was the only stroke she could do but they had a swim meet the other night and it was so funny and fun and that's when i realized like you have to put them in these competitive situations because even though they're get they get nervous, we have to train them that mm-hmm. that's a feeling that they need to experience and learn how to deal with because they're gonna have it their whole lives, yep. all kinds of ways. And then at the end of the day, it is fun. Right. Going hard can be fun. Right. And we've Colt has experienced that quite a bit. He's a drummer. And so he he's in a awesome. band and they've performed like they've had three for performances. Is he and, in like a grunge band? <laughs> 
No, he's in this little like pop band. Um, but he it. gets very nervous before their performances. Like they performed at the Fox Theater and he was, I mean, just for parents, but he was very, very nervous. And I was like, you know what? That's okay. That just means that you care. And I do think those things are important because if you always shelter your kids from feelings like that, what are they going to do in the real world right. when they're nervous about applying for something or asking for something or, you know, so we've, we've dealt with a lot of nerves in drumming and, and I think in running, we have just tried to keep it so light. Right. That you makes know, just sense. like, totally like he ran the boulder boulder. He's like, I want to walk. He wanted to earn a medal. And I was like, okay, I mean, if you're going to, the medals come out later or something, I don't know. Other parents okay. were telling me this. I don't know. And I was like, there's there's no way he's going to get one. Like he would have had to have run like, I don't know, 15 minutes faster than he did. And he was like, I need to walk. And I almost said, well, if you want your medal, you can't walk. But then I was like, don't fucking say that. I was like, we'll walk as much as you want. So then we walked, you know, and then. Wow, that is so cool. But I had to catch myself, right? Yeah. Because I come from that place of like, I need to know that information. Am I still going to get my medal if I walk right now? <laughs> But then but you he, had to honor But I was like, yeah. no, this is supposed to be fun. Don't ruin it. And then afterwards, you know, <clears throat> we made a really big deal because he did great. He ran like 68 minutes. Like, awesome. I'm sorry, he's eight. That's amazing. Um, but then we looked up the age group and he got like 25th or something. <laughs> oh, my God. Boulder, right? It's ridiculous and so here. And then he was like, did I get a medal? And I go, I... I'm, I don't think so. But you know what you did get? Like, you did amazing. Like, you ran 68 minutes for a 10K at altitude. Like, I can't, there's no way I could have done that when I was your age, you know? And so we just focus on, like, just you doing your best. But it is hard. I will say it is hard in this town in particular. Yeah, it is. Because he was probably 25 minutes out of being the first eight-year-old boy and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I don't care if Colt's good at running or not. But like 68 minutes isn't shabby. No, it's amazing. <laughs> but it makes you feel like you're behind. Right. And then, you know, we were at that that mile run for the kids who did the um, Boulder Mountain Lions. Yeah. And the second grade girls, there was a girl and they were like, she was so far behind. And they, they come on the speaker. They're like, let's cheer her in. You know, she still ran like 1240. That's not bad. No. no. I That's was amazing. Like, she's a second grader <laughs> and she just ran a 1240 mile. But it was kind of like, all right, everybody. I mean, like not in a bad way, but yeah. I was like, let's cheer. And I was like, this town is a little skewed towards yeah. fitness. Well, considering like who's on the track. Right. You. Was Adam there? <laughs> Me and Tim were coaches. <laughs> for the freaking elementary school like there were if you put a flag on all the former olympians and yeah, world teams no, it's people crazy. i saw the culpeppers there oh you my know, god yeah yeah it's sarah vaughn's yep oh <laughs> my gosh but it's just like i had to laugh because i was like 12 40 for a second grade girl for a mile is good yeah and yeah but it was like you know five and a half six minutes out of first place but like who um, cares yeah so i think the point is somehow you are more balanced in your thinking than a lot of other parents who haven't reached your level. Isn't that interesting? I think it's because I had really good balance for my family growing up. And I have also gotten to the place where I felt so much pressure that the joy of it was robbed from me. Mm. And I never want Colt to experience that. Yes. Like, I, I mean, I, I, those are things you have to experience in life, but I don't want to be a part at all of contributing to that. You know, two thoughts. I feel like over the past few years, you've really like taken ownership of your voice. 
like, you know, maybe that makes sense because before that you're in the, you know, you're just, you're trying to make medals happen. You're trying to win money. You're going after singular focused goals that have all to do with your body. But it's like, you've just sort of, no apologies, decided that you need to speak, right? Mm -hmm. And I've seen it come out through like your work with encouraging um, more supportive women's rights in sport through companies and corporate policies and through clean sport, speaking out against doping. Um, Didn't you put on a camp for little girls Mm -hmm. and you have the podium retreat? Like you're just, you're still racing, but you've expanded somehow. Yeah, I mean, I... I feel like it took me a long time to find my voice and maybe it's because I was focused, right? But I do feel like someone just asked me, I was just on a panel on Wednesday and somebody asked me if I consider myself a role model. And I was like, I never ever would say have said yes because that feels uncomfortable. But I do feel like you get to a place where people listen and there is this responsibility to speak for those who can't. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there are other people who are being wronged by the system and not that their voice doesn't matter because it does, but no one's listening. And for like, if someone's going to listen to me say, Hey, you know what? We need protection when our athletes get pregnant. We shouldn't be losing our health insurance when we're about to give birth. That no one's listening to that person. It does become my responsibility to say it because it's the right thing to do. And there like nothing will change if I, it's scary i get a lot of hate mail or just like ignorant comments it's so weird it's some of the stuff is just laughable and yeah, some of it is true. scary because <laughs> i'm just like how could you think that way you know but it, i do i do feel a responsibility at this point in my life to stand up for things that i that i know need change yeah, and there's a million things. Like there's you so could much, yeah. you could stand up for, you know, reversing climate change. You right. could stand up for getting rid of plastics in the environment. You could stand up for all kinds of stuff. So you kind of have to pick and choose what's really close to your heart right. and what you gravitate to and mm-hmm. I feel like you have. Yeah, I mean, I've been really focused on things that have affected my life profoundly, right? So doping in sport, not being treated equally to men when it comes to like appearance fees and things like that, things that I fought for behind the scenes long before I had a voice, um, protecting maternity through athletes. Like those are things that I experienced that profoundly affected my life and the way I viewed the world. And so those are the things that I'll fight for the most probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting because you have a son, but you're putting on a camp for girls. Yeah. So I always feel a little bit bad because I'm like, it's not that I don't want boys to have opportunity. I, I love my son so much and I'm so glad I have a son. What I know is being female though, you know, Mm -hmm. and what I know was that when I was younger, I was very insecure and that running helped me get through a lot of that stuff. And so that's, and that's what I know. And I just want to share with other girls. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And as we're talking, <clears throat> I'm thinking about how you could basically teach a class to parents on <laughs> how to stay chill and, and, and help your kid nurture a lifelong like love affair with sports. I think it's different and hard now, right? Like there's social media and people are totally. posting on Facebook and you can follow what other kids are doing. Like when I was younger, my stepdad, every... I guess it was the Friday paper or the Sunday paper. He would get, 
USA Today and he would get the fastest times in the in the country. And I I mean, he did it because he was just interested where I compared, but I hated that. I hated when he'd bring that to me because all of a sudden I would see like, I was super proud of my 507, but this girl in California just ran 435, you know? And so, but that, but other than that, I I didn't know. I didn't know what other people were doing. I went to Full Locker and, and then I saw that there were girls faster than me, but like I didn't have it on a constant basis. Right. And so there's good in that because you can meet other people and see what other people are doing, but there's also bad in that because the comparison game starts so early now. I know. And And we have to keep these kids strong. Yeah. And it should not be about, of course we should celebrate the kids who do like amazing, have amazing athletic achievements. Like that's great. But it's, but we need to remember that that doesn't make you a good person. Right. You know what I mean? Like the, any kid that finished the Boulder Boulder is a freaking champ. That thing is brutal. You know, any kid that ran the mile that day, it was so hot that got around that track four times is amazing. And and I just feel like sometimes we lose focus. We get so impressed with the winners and we forget like this could be a really amazing building experience for everyone. It doesn't really in the end of the day, like my vehicle is running. It can enhance your life no matter where you fall, um, you know, at the finish line. Wouldn't it be ironic if you have more influence or you help more people through not winning races in your potentially sort of ongoing future running career than you ever did winning races? Wouldn't that be interesting? I mean, me 15 years ago couldn't fathom that because me 15 years ago was like, I have to win or no one will care. I have to win. You know, like... When I ran Boston in 2009 and I got out kicked, I mean, I, I thought the sun wasn't going to come up the next day. I was like, I have let everyone down. And isn't that crazy, that sort of self-centered bubble world we live in? Yeah, like, guess what? The sun came up. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was supposed to People be on, still like, love Good you. Morning America, and, like, they just got someone else in there. And, like, the, the everything kept turning on, you know? Like, God. But it was so <laughs> devastating to me. But, yeah, I remember my grandpa saying... Because I went back to Minnesota after that, and he said, "Do you really think if you would have won the Boston Marathon, there would just be like world peace and no one would be hungry?" And he was like, "You did your best," and I was kind of like, Ugh, "Yeah, yeah, you're right." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like wow, at first, yeah. I was like, "Thanks a lot, Papa," but then I was like, "Actually, you're right. If I had won, like it's not like it would just bring grace to the world, right? Right? It was. It really would have just been for me and my sponsor, and yep, yeah, that's it." And the world doesn't revolve around you and no. your sponsor, Kara. <laughs> no, it didn't. Like shockingly, the sun came up the next day. I mean, okay, so we're we're gonna wrap soon because we've been going for an hour. Oh, we have. It's been so fun. I want to <laughs> keep going. Are, is your podium retreat full in October? It's no. We get. So, are you doing it? Yes. Okay. It's, it's October. Oh my gosh, I don't want to botch the dates. It's like the nineteenth and twentieth with a uh, meet and greet on the eighteenth. I think. Um, it's Saturday, Sunday this year, full days, Saturday, Sunday. Typically we've done full day Friday, Saturday with like a half day Sunday Mm -hmm. and uh, Thursday. We're shortening it this year just to see if it helps people travel. Um, registration will be in July. I've been putting it off until after Leadville. So now I can finally focus on that. But if you just follow me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, I'll let you know probably next week when registration will be. Oh, and they better get on it because how many spots do you have? Uh, we take 70. And it's in Boulder? It's in Boulder. It'll awesome. be at the Marriott and the residence in Marriott. So they're right across the parking lot from each other. Cool. So. I'm coming. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to sign up. 
we'll be back from Hawaii, I think. Oh, awesome. I'll be tan. Um, <laughs> so what's next? I mean, immediately I'm driving to Minnesota next week and we're going to go see Mount Rushmore and Crazy Horse with Colt. He's never seen that stuff. So I just think I remember being in awe of it as a kid and I'm really excited for him to like experience that. And um, we're going to be in Minnesota for two weeks and just do a lot of fishing. I'll run out there. Um, so that's like the most immediate thing that I'm very actually excited about. And then heading into the fall, I just, um, I don't know, I need to find something. So I was running with Marcus this morning and I was like, do you think we should do a 50 miler? And he was like, you're so crazy. Like, let's just do another trail marathon, not at altitude. So I think that's actually a better plan. Like I think a trail marathon in like late November, early December would be ideal because then I'm not worrying about training over the holidays and then maybe a 50 miler next year. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you can, we can go out and do some skate skiing together. Yes. That's your winter training. Yeah. So you'll have to come up and visit me in Granby. That'd be awesome. So I was a skier in high school and I trained at Lake Placid for biathlon and then I haven't skied in like 20 years and I always had this like pipe dream of like, oh, when I'm done running, I'll just train really hard and I'll make the Olympic team in biathlon. So my high school teammate, who was a state champ, she took me skiing shortly after the Houston Marathon. It was so hard. I saw a photo or two. <laughs> it's I really was hard. So sore, and uh -huh. I was like, "Okay, there goes that pipe dream." <laughs> but I had a blast. Yeah. But I was like, "Wow, this is so much harder than I remember." You know, I picked it up a few years ago, and every time I went out, I'd hate it. And then by the end, I'd be like, "That wasn't that bad." Mm -hmm. And then this year, I went and did the Berkey. Oh, you did? Uh-huh, but I didn't really do the Berkey. I did the Cordy, which is only a 30K on skate only? skis. Okay. And it was like what? I was like a menace on the course. <laughs> like, But it was insane. It was a crazy experience. But it's about like new adventures. Yeah, and totally. I feel like that's kind of where you are, like new adventures. Right now it's running and trails. Maybe you can hop on some skis and yeah. play around. I do want to try to ski more next year. My friend was super patient. Oh yeah, it, it, you'll you'll be rocking those soon. I know it. Okay, so another question: Can we hang out more? This yeah. is on the record. Done. Yeah, we're doing it. You should it. take me places to hike. I like don't know that many places. Oh my god, yes. Okay, good. I know them all. Okay, we're doing it. I'm putting you on my calendar as we speak. Um, all right, Kara, we're gonna wrap it. Okay. So, I'm gonna ask the final question that I asked you one time before, and I okay. ask every guest that comes I on don't the show. It, so good. Right. You'll be on the spot. If you can leave our, leave our listeners with one final piece of advice, one little nugget to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way, what would it be? I think just going off of my latest experience, like do something that terrifies you. I'm not saying like go skydiving or something, but honestly running on trails is a terrifying thought to me. And I'm so glad that I did it. I feel like so... I don't know. I just feel like really proud of myself and I feel like the world just got bigger to me. So face your fears a little bit and do something that's that's outside of your comfort zone. And the world will expand. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Awesome conversation today. <laughs> Can't wait to hike. <laughs> I know. We need to go. All right. I'm back. So who else has a girl crush on Kara? <laughs> I'm sure you all do. Um, there's a reason for this. 
because she's really awesome. Even with the insane athletic gift she was given and all her successes, she is not an unapproachable snob who looks down on mere mortals. This is what she is. She's nice. And no, she's not just nice. She's kind and caring. She's compassionate. She's funny. She's smart. She's humble. She's complicated. She doesn't claim to know it all. She's emotional. She cries. She's vulnerable. She's honest. And she's real. She is the exact opposite of a fake persona in the public eye. When you stumble upon Kara in real life or on social media, she's the real deal. And that's what's so refreshing. So, you know what we need to do when people like Kara cross our paths. We need to support them so they can keep doing what they do. If you don't already, be sure to follow Kara Goucher. Comment on her activities. Show that you care. And keep your eyes open on the trails because you may just run into her one day because I have a feeling that this trail thing is here to stay. All right, everybody, over and out. You know what time it is. It's time to get out there and run this world. Have a great workout, and I'll see you next week.